Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. The post-Fed stumble for equities continues this morning as the market comes to terms with higher for longer. Jobless claims lowest since January, not helping. Tenure almost to four and a half. Our roadmap begins with big deal news this morning. Cisco acquiring cybersecurity firm Splunk, all cash, worth $28 billion. Plus the end of the Hollywood strike for writers may be near. We'll give you the latest reporting on that potential deal between the studios and the writers. And the Fed is holding rates steady, signaling it will keep rates, though, higher or longer. Let's begin with that deal of the day. Cisco agreeing to acquire Splunk for $28 billion, $157 a share in cash. Both companies cite what they call complementary capabilities in AI and security. Splunk's Gary Steele is going to be part of Cisco's executive leadership team, reporting to chair and CEO Chuck Robbins. And both gentlemen are going to join us exclusively at 915 this morning in about 15 minutes, Jim. Yeah, look, I think this is terrific to you, and I'll tell you why. Because what Cisco's tried to do for a long time is have a lot of uh, recurring revenue, okay? And Splunk is nothing but recurring revenue. Cisco has tried to be a major factor in security. Cybersecurity, we know, is incredibly important. Splunk will give them the opportunity. They had a smaller division that does cybersecurity. It's not really been that much of a winner, frankly. Uh, in the meantime, Gary Steele has taken this company, and David, you remember, Starboard was agitating about 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 Splunk. He came in, he fixed the company in, what, 17 months, and then prepared to be able to sell it. That was not what he wanted to do. He was actually going to come on made money. But he has done so much in a very short period of time that I think it makes tremendous sense for Cisco to strike right now. Uh, we can ask the guys, but I mean, there was, you know, uh, there were talks between these companies a year or two ago. Yes, there were. Well, some time back, and yes. they didn't get a deal done then. I just wonder what changed. We'll obviously ask them, but right. do you have any sense? Well, I, look, I think that Gary Steele is a deal maker. He sold Proofpoint when he thought it was right for Tomba Bravo. Uh, he's, a, he's a realist. They were doing terrifically. I think it was a uh, company always for sale. You'd name the price. And you know, one thing, Carl, but these guys, and they're going to be on, these are two of the most straight shooters I've ever met in business. Uh, Gary's a man of few words. You've got to be careful. I always come with 100 questions for Gary. Is that true? Yeah, because Gary says yes, no. You know, well, how do you think? Is, how's the new uh, Microsoft Azure deal? Good. Oh. Okay, that's <laughs> Super good to excited. know going into this interview. Yeah, got to know. And, and yeah, I, okay, I've loved them. I've loved them for when he came to point when Poopoint was doing badly and he would tell you. And, uh, you know, Splunk was not, had totally lost his way. Uh, I had a Splunk T-shirt and I just kind of, you know, put it aside. No dog named Splunk. But in the meantime, they've had this incredibly sticky group of customers and everybody swears by them. They have observability and they have terrific cybersecurity and they're on the edge, which is something that Cisco's done. And I think we're going to hear an amazing story. And in the end, you're going to say, I want to buy Cisco because now they have the annual recurring revenue that's basically subscription that is almost to 50 percent, which have been which have been Chuck's goal for a long time. They're 46.7 percent. So we will enjoy uh, uh, we enjoy meeting both of them together and uh both of them are really a match made in heaven when you try to figure out where Cisco needs to go in terms of growth. Um, and certainly one of the largest deals of the year, uh, without a doubt. And we've talked about, you know, the fact that there has been some hope, some optimism when it comes to uh, M&A yes. starting, to, starting to percolate in both the fourth quarter, which we're not even quite in yet, and, and next year. Um, you know, I've heard this a number of times. This is the first true example of it, though, of a large deal. But this is a very large certainly deal. even for those who are considering deals that might garner significant antitrust or at least in this environment, 
uh, antitrust um, uh, uh, roadblocks. I'm hearing that you know CEOs are willing to consider things in a way that they might not have previously, even if previously the ATVI Microsoft Rect. And and importantly, Jim, it, it is as much about all right. We think we can win, but it's going to take longer. And there's a willingness now to say, well, all right, 18 months is kind of the new 12 months, you know. Um, and I thought that, that, so that David, the horizon for a more active right. M&A environment. But obviously, this deal itself also coming back from, you know, uh, previously at least having tried it. Right. And we know that, uh, that Chuck was one time in Francisco is interested in data dog. He's always liked to be able to make an acquisition in this area. David, I think that the textbook bridge too far was Amgen horizon. horizon. Where Lena Khan, I would go so far, some people say she made up the reason why to block that deal. I would not say that. Yeah, that was uh, quizzical. To yes. Use a word that you enjoy. Yes. Uh, and Do you like the flag behind my head? And we, we did focus on that a lot. Oh, yeah, look at our that. Great, our great allies. And it is just funny because I just remember in 1974, right they were my you know, Yeah, I know. Well, it's just, I just pointed out because I think people will be looking at and realize that the Vietnamese are here today. They are. It's in celebration of the great relationship we now have. Yeah. Well, speaking of stars, you may not see your favorite stars back yet in your favorite shows. Oh, you but, broke some news today. But you, uh, it was actually yesterday. Yeah, but you oh, may... What were you doing on the earlier this morning? I was tweeting. Well, that also, but oh, okay. yeah, I was tweeting last night. But uh, we are going to be keeping a close eye on the continued negotiations between the writers and the act... Uh, excuse me. The writers and the producers, the WGA and the producers... Face-to-face meeting yesterday did yield significant progress and optimism on both sides. That is according to people who are close to these negotiations, uh, speaking with them uh, late yesterday. Um, And the hope is that today they can finalize uh, a deal that the uh, negotiators on behalf of the writers can bring back and get approved. Uh, There is always and still obviously a possibility that will not happen. But uh, certainly optimism, as I was reporting on both sides, that, in fact, they can come in today with a relatively short list of things that they finally need to do. In fact, I I was told there was a belief they could have gotten it done yesterday in the room. Um, But there but they didn't quite get there. And the hope, again, is that today will be the day for the writers uh, to agree with the producers on a new deal that will put them back to work. And then, of course, the question becomes, what follows with the actors. We'll keep an eye on it. 9 a.m. Pacific time is when that is going to begin uh, in terms of, again, the face-to-face negotiations. That's very interesting, David, because this discussion with the UAW has taken a turn that is almost, uh, it's just irreconcilable. So it's interesting. At one point, the the rhetoric for this was pretty heightened, and they still solved it. Yeah. just get, what are you, a message You're looking at this, uh, this journal piece here, David? I want to I wanna get to this uh, press release about Rupert Murdoch. Uh, stepping down? He's stepping down. He's stepping down. Rupert Murdoch uh, will be appointed chairman emeritus of Fox News Corp, but he is stepping down as chairman of both News Corp and Fox. Just reading this now. Um, effective as of the upcoming annual meeting of shareholders in mid-November. Hmm. Uh, Murdoch, again, will become chairman emeritus. Um, Very simple statement here. Obviously, Rupert Murdoch, perhaps, well, I don't even think there's really much question. Uh, The 92-year-old Murdoch is certainly seen as the most consequential media executive of our time. time. Love him or hate him. Um, 
he has had an enormous impact. Fox is obviously run by his son, Lachlan, uh, who spends a lot of time in Australia, from what I hear, but uh, that is run by Lachlan, and uh, Thompson's running, uh, running News Corp, but he has been chairman of both uh, companies. Um, just trying to see here, guys, who's... Uh, well, Lachlan, will, who's been co-chair, uh, will become sole chair. Thank you. And will continue as uh, executive chair and CEO of Fox Corp. Mm. Uh, for my entire professional life, I've been engaged daily with news and ideas, and that will not change. But the time is right for me to take on different roles. Well, you remember, you, did you read uh, House of Morgan? No. There's this moment where Rupert comes in, he's just a total brigand. I mean, he's just like, like forget it. These guys are like, who the heck is this guy? And the, he had everyone... He outboxed everyone to use the metaphor. Uh, yeah, listen, Rupert uh, has a long history of doing that, extending right in, uh, up till the uh, seminal deal with Disney. Many people would say he got an incredible price for the Fox assets that were sold to, uh, to Disney. And I remember when I broke that story, of course, the idea that Fox would actually have been a seller, but. Um, the way people have described Rupert Murdoch to me through the years is that he's hyper-rational. Hyper-rational? Hyper-rational. When he and, sued me, was that hyper-rational? I don't know about that, Jim. But uh. in, the, in the case, certainly, of a decision to suddenly do an about-face and say, you know what, this is the time to sell, and you could argue that it certainly was a good decision given. Imagine if Fox were dealing with the same things that Disney is and so many others in the content business are when it comes to streaming. He chose, no, we're going to be news and sports, and yeah, we're going to sell at a huge price. We're going right. to sell Sky. We're going to sell... Great business. Uh, so man. many of the Fox content assets. Pixie is, you know, Pixie, I mean, I actually enjoy him. I did but have a bit of a legal battle, but I enjoy it. Fox News, I mean, Fox News has changed the landscape in this country uh, and democracy yes. forever. Well put. Wow, well put. You yeah. statesman. Well, it comes, of course, uh, not long after uh, Dominion and uh, a lot of reflection this week in New York Magazine, the Michael Wolff piece about Murdoch's decision to part ways with Tucker Carlson and some of the, the fraught questions that he's had, both in the business and in the politics of media. Well, he did. I mean, David's right. Media's never been the same. And, uh, wow, the Dominion case changed things, too. But you know how hard it is to prove malice forethought? And they did? They did, yeah. Uh, big news in media. We'll follow that, of course, when we come back. Well, as we said, talk to Cisco's Chuck Robbins and Splunk's Gary Steele here at Post 9 about their $28 billion deal. Obviously, a lot else to get to. FedEx, Darden, Autos, a lot of central bank news today as the Bank of England holds steady. Don't go away. We have big deal news today. And David, as you notice, this is just really the deal. This says that maybe M&A is back, $28 billion deal. Cisco to buy Splunk. Boy, are we lucky to have the principals here. We have Chuck Robinson, CEO, chairman of Cisco. Also the head of the business roundtable, I have to mention that, okay? And then we have Splunk, CEO Gary Steele. Many times, both of you guys on Mad Money. I want to thank you both. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank and, you. And I want to start with you, Chuck, in the sense that yep. you've always told me you'd like to have the annual recurring revenue be higher and really put it so that people understand you're not just some old hardware company, but you're really at the cutting edge. This gets you to almost 50%. That has to be one of the drivers of this deal. It's, uh, first of all, thanks for having us on such short notice, and we're really excited about uh, this transaction, obviously. And, um, you know, this still, when we close it, it'll, it'll add roughly $4 billion of ARR to, to our existing uh, run rate of ARR, so it'll put us close to $30 billion, if not over, by the time we close it. And uh, it'll also put us over $20 billion in software on an annual basis. So. 28.46. 
Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. No if, problem. If that's our current AR, then yeah. we're going to assume we have more in the next <laughs> time frame. Before no, we it's really big. And I, you know, I'm not. I mean, I think people have to understand. And you, when you say AR, you have to. I think please explain to these doubters about your company that where you've been going for a long time is where this is where Gary fits in. Yeah. He, the, Gary's done such an amazing job with this company over the last 18 months, and. Um, you know, if you think about the fact that in year one, it's cash flow positive, accretive for us, and it's there's minimal EPS impacting in the first year, but it's EPS accretive, gross margin accretive uh, in years two and beyond. Well, gross margin accretive in year one. So it's great software, strategic fit from a software perspective. It's a great fit financially, great fit culturally, so we're very excited yeah. about it. Well, Gary, why, why sell? Why, why now? I mean, he just said you're doing a great job, you know, and you're selling for cash. So I didn't tell him that before we did the deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's just a great opportunity for us to continue our journey. We've made, I'm really proud of all the work that Splunkers have done over the course of the last 18 months. We've made tremendous progress, but this really accelerates us on our journey, and, that, and it's a great outcome for our shareholders. Yeah, I, you But it does cap your shareholders. I mean, I want oh, to be clear. What? No, I mean, he's no, making a decision. You guys had talked previously, hadn't you, about a potential transaction? Same price. No? You know, there, there were rumors prior to me joining, but that was before my time. Okay. And so I joined in April of, of 22. We've been on this journey for 18 months. And I think this represents just a great outcome for our shareholders to be able to capitalize on this opportunity. And frankly, I think the synergies, as Chuck described, are super exciting. We've got so much opportunity together. It really helps us get to the journey that we've been on. So super excited. Our collective team members are pumped up. They're really excited about this. Our security team, our observability team, our sales organization, and even you were talking about your sales leaders as well. Everybody's super excited about this. We just think we can drive a tremendous amount of opportunity in the market. Right, and I understand that, but I always make the point when it's a cash deal that your shareholders are getting what they're getting, and you can talk about all of the great things that are going to come, and that may be for your employee base, but right. your shareholders are moving on. Many of them, in fact, probably selling today. Right, and I think, but, but if you look at it today, if you look at the premium that we're delivering for our shareholders, and um, if you look at our historical stock price, stock price, this represents a great outcome for our shareholders. Okay, you want to, any specifics you want to offer in terms of multiples as to why? Well, I think that just, just looking at the, um, our, tr our historical trading values and the premium delivered over that, while we've seen a lot of progress in our share price, we still have a long ways to go. And this represents just a great outcome to deliver cash to our shareholders, um, and we think it's just great a great opportunity. Now, Gary, FedEx reported last night, uh, and it was a remarkable quarter, and they have tremendous cybersecurity, and I also think they have great observability. How much of that is you? Well, I think you know, just like many of our customers, we have, um, we're driving resilience for these businesses, right? We underpin many of these large companies and how they think about their security operations, as well as how they think about keeping their digital resilience across all their applications. So we are really critical to the Global 2000 and how they think about running their operations. Don't want to get too in the, in the weeds, but Chuck, you have been, you have tried to own the edge and they have faced up in the edge. Could you explain to people what that means and why this is so important for AI, too? Well, if you, if you think about our security portfolio, particularly our XDR, extended detection and response. So we're basically detecting and helping customers respond to threats. We see more threats on a daily basis than most every security company out there. And they have the SIM platform that is actually the backbone of security operations centers in all of our customers. When you bring that together 
with all the insights that our customers can see coming out of their network infrastructure, out of the internet connections, out of the home offices, and then you layer AI on top of that, we can help customers literally move from detection and response to predictive and prevention and prediction, prediction and prevention. And so we think there's a huge opportunity. I can tell you our customers are, are going to see the obvious synergies here and the obvious uh, strategic fit. Chuck, you're always great about helping viewers understand, even quarter to quarter, where we are in the business cycle and how the business helps frame that. What does the timing of this deal say about that? Well, I think the timing of this deal says that there are more, the, the cyber threats that our customers are facing around the world and the need to actually have greater visibility into their technology infrastructure has never been higher. And so coming together and, and creating more capability for our customers at a time where Gary has made so much progress in the last 18 months in this company, and we have actually been evolving our security portfolio, and, and it's in a much better place today. So you bring those two together, and we think we can make substantial progress on helping our customers with all the dynamics th that they face today. You know, Chuck, in the release it says this is going to, your uh, will allow organizations to enhance their digital resilience and will accelerate Cisco's strategy to securely connect everything to make anything possible. You like that, don't you? I do, but I want to <laughs> understand what it means. I mean, you've explained it a bit, but tell us more. Well, if you, customers today, they're, they're rebuilding their entire IT infrastructure to deal with the multi-cloud environment they're operating in. They're dealing with hybrid work. They're dealing with the home office has become a branch now. They're rebuilding all their applications. They're running them in a very distributed way. You've got data distributed at the edge. You have workers everywhere. And so the, the threats and the dynamic nature of the technology architecture has changed significantly. So what that means is that every customer needs to know more about what's going on in my technology infrastructure. Cyber threats, application performance, customer experience, all those things. And when you bring our, the technology insights that we can deliver and you combine them with the platform, the data platform, the observability cloud that these guys have, we believe we can give customers insights that they just can't get today. No. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Jim. Oh, I just, uh, both of you have been feeling that the economy is muted. We had the Fed talk yesterday about how the economy is still very, very strong. Uh, Gary, let me go to you, because you just did that fantastic deal with Microsoft, so you've really got a great overview. Uh, you, when you hear that the Fed says, you know what, things are still pretty hot, and I look at both of you, what you say, it does seem out of sync. Is it just your industry that is seeing more macro headwinds than many other industries? I, I think, you know, as, as we've talked about in our prior earnings call, we, we've seen some um, macro impact, and it's really just slowed down bigger projects, but there still is a consistency and a need to buy the capabilities that we have. I mean, we're underpinning how people think about their security posture, how they protect their, their enterprise, and as this broad digital footprint continues to expand, people have to buy something to help them get visibility in those apps. So while we've seen some, some macro pressure, it's been, it's been such that we've been able to operate really well within it. Okay, let me say something David brought up. You came in, the company was frankly in disarray, and I'm not going to talk about the previous administration, but you came in, it was very difficult to fathom. Uh, and one of the things that you did was you built Proofpoint, and then when it was right to yeah. sell, you sold. Uh, I do agree with David, it's a very short period. I mean, we're talking about 17, 18 months. Why not just go for the long haul? You know, I think this just accelerates the journey that we've been on. And we've made tremendous progress that I think, I'm really proud of the team and all the work that's been done. 
Um, but this really delivers a great outcome for our shareholders. It accelerates that opportunity um, to drive value for them. And we're being super thoughtful about how do we deliver great shareholder value. Was, it, not a, was it about scale? Were you not, was there some level that you simply didn't see yourself getting to without partnering, no, no, so to speak? No, I think it just, it, it delivers broader scale. So things like the international footprint that, that Cisco brings, we can get to those international markets, having boots on the ground in places that we just haven't yet invested in. And so it really accelerates that opportunity to go take share around the globe. And, and we think that this is just a great outcome as a result. Are you going to integrate Splunk, or how are you, how are you seeing the integration, Chuck? I, I, Gary's obviously coming on. Yes, uh, he is. How, What is the role going to be? So Gary's going to report to me. We're going to work over the next 9 to 12 months and actually figure out some of the organizational integrations. I would expect that technology integrations will begin day one. We already, we, we already understand the integration points that we can drive. And uh, our teams are, are super excited about it. So uh, we're thrilled that Gary's gonna stay on. Chuck, Jim mentioned you're gonna be chair of Business Roundtable. <laughs> uh, huge, going, especially going into an election year. Is corporate confidence rising, falling, uh, well, holding pat for well, now? I think BRT put out a, the latest confidence index, I think a couple of weeks ago. So I think it's kind of flattish right now. I don't, I don't think it's moved significantly either way. And does this and this deal does it fit into at least how you're feeling about the macro or the the couple of years ahead? Well, I think that customers and their their spend on technology areas and what we all do together. I mean, we're not we're not trying to time a deal on what's going to happen in the next 90 days or next 180 days. The time was right for us. We began our conversations. The, the synergies and the and the strategic fit for our customers is right. The financial side of it is great for for the combined entity, the cultural fits great. So we, we weren't worried about what's gonna happen the next 90 to 180 days. This is just a, a great, it's a great deal for our customers and our partners long-term. Let me just ask you before we wrap up, did anyone say in the room, you know what, we have an FTC uh, chairperson who is against every single deal. It's not worth doing it to you. I'll, I'll come in then Gary, you can add if you like. Um, we think this is a very complimentary deal. This is not a, uh, a roll-up. It's, and you know, it's not, uh, we don't have a lot of overlap in our portfolios. So uh, our general, the experts that we've talked to are the ones who have given us the nine to 12 month estimate on trying to get the deal done. And we think it'll get done. And no China approval, you no said China, on the call. No China. Even though it's there is a right. small business there. Our, our presence in China is de minimis. All right, Gary Steele, congratulations Thank on, you. On, uh, on turning on, on turning Splunk around so quickly and then selling it. And Chuck, congratulations, just doing what you're doing. Thank Almost you. get to that level where you deserve a, two multiple turns. How's that? <laughs> Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thanks, right. guys. Take a look at the pre-market here. Uh, still looking at some elevated yields this morning. T- ten-year is just off the morning highs, but not too far still from four and a half. More Squawk on the Street when we come back. All right, let's squeeze in a mad dash before we get to an opening bell. Yeah, okay, I want to talk about Broadcom. This morning's stock is down hideously horribly, almost down 10%. Uh, I will tell you that I believe that the story that came out in the information is patently false. Really? Yes. Okay, well, you want to tell people what it is? Okay, so I, this is the idea that Google, uh, which is actually Google Cloud Services, led by Thomas Curian, who's really one of the great people in this industry. Uh, the My understanding, and obviously these companies, Broadcom does, a lot of people feel charged too much, but a lot of people feel that NVIDIA charges too much because their AI and their proprietary technology, which is very hard to duplicate, can't just switch it over to Matt Murphy and Marvell Tech as much as I like Matt. So the story I understand is to be pat, uh, patently false. The relationship is deep, multiple years. Years, 
And I think that they are actually good strategic partners. Total cost of ownership is good. Now, David, you may say this is Qualcomm Apple. All I can tell you is, it is that the story, as I understand it, is patently All right, false. well, that's an important piece of news, Jim. Uh, to reiterate, the story itself from the information is that Google wants to basically replace these TPUs that they buy right. from Broadcom right now uh, and replace them with their own. Right, which is homemade chips, so hard. to speak. I mean, and, uh, just people understand. And by the way, there's an interesting story today in the journal about Apple's failure right. to create. Well, okay, a thank you. That's where we're going. So let's yeah. understand: these are not off-the-shelf chips. These right. require a tremendous amount of intellectual property. In the same way that Apple's having a hard time duplicating what Qualcomm is, there's a lot of bad blood there. I know that these companies have been had a long-term relationship, strategic, complex AI solutions, patently false. Let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. The big board, it is the Prime Minister of Vietnam here in New York for the UNGA. At the NASDAQ, it's the WNBA. The semifinal series uh, begins this Sunday. As Jim, we're going to flirt once again with uh, 4,400. Actually, just lost it. Yeah. Uh, Larry Williams, who's my favorite historian of the market, also does technical work for when I was in diapers, which was not until I was 10, despite what you would probably say. And what I will tell you is, is that he has been incredibly negative on this market and is covering, you know, saying it's time to cover the shorts. I actually like that. This is, I think, an overreaction to a Fed that is doing what everybody thought they're going to do, which is that you have a strong economy and they have to continue to do this. Now, uh, David, I would point out that there wasn't anything in the statement about 2% that was different. There wasn't anything in the statement about how the economy isn't still hot. I mean, look, you can look at KB Homes, right? Now, homes at prices are up 40%. KB Homes at home prices were down a bit from last quarter, but they said they're going to go right back this quarter. So we have a situation where we do not have enough weakness in the economy, whether it be by cost or whether it be labor, to justify uh, staying flat. We're going to get rid of the inverted yield curve, but not the way people want it to be. Right. And I, you, know, you want to sell the market? Go ahead. September's a bad month. I'd knock yourself out. Sell now. Remember the other day you were saying we were looking at stocks and the stocks were up here and then here. Why sell now? Yeah. I agree with that. Why sell now? And I just think that this market is fulfilling the September uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur divergence. Well, it may also be pricing in uh, what some are calling, I guess, the three S's, the shutdown, the strike, and student loans. Well, let's not forget also the government is flooding, the federal government's flooding the market with infrastructure. At the same time, the uh, core group of people between 35,000 and 45,000, which is in, incredibly in this country, most of the country, does uh, is struggling, and struggling because of inflation. There's something that that I wish that Jay Powell had said, which was on the Lenar call, and that Stuart Miller's a brilliant man. He understands he's the dean of the housing group. We said people expect that a house is going to cost more, so they have to act now. He has to break that pal. He has to make it so you feel like, you know what, I better sell now, it's going lower. Right now, it's I better buy, it's going higher. And until that ethos changes in our country, you are not going to see a Fed that is a dove. It's going to stay off. It's interesting. Um, I mean, you've talked a lot about food inflation this week. Terrible. Cowan with the note today about Kellogg and Utz and Smucker and Campbell about why volumes are not going positive and you know, they're making up for it on price, but... Well, yeah, but good luck. I mean, Costco is going to report next week, and Costco is kind of wrecking the price structure, a lot of these branded products, with the with the premium brand, which is Kirkland. And I, I do feel that Walmart, Costco, and Amazon are price cutters here. 
Uh, by the way, FedEx, uh, price cutter to some degree, and yet still takes a lot of share because of 400,000 packages today because of, of the UPS strike. But right. I didn't strike, I'm sorry, the negotiations. And that's why FedEx is doing so well. But, you know, Carl, the idea that the Fed was going to come in and be dovish when they have so little to be dovish about just shows that there's a level of ignorance at the macro level that is completely different with what the micro level is saying. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Teamsters. If, if David's reporting on the riders, and we got some Chevron progress in Australia on the LNG. Nat gas down in Europe this morning. Well, uh, you Nat gas is uh, it's an international market. It never used to be. I, my travel trust owns Kotara. Two seventy, they still make a dollar seventy. But that's the one saving grace in this entire complex, which is natural gas used by you know at home. It's not up big. Gasoline's obviously up big, David. I think one of the things that people are, are focused on endlessly is why are the Saudis not helping us? All right. What's the answer? I, I, I wonder whether it's political. Are the Saudis, do the Saudis want to elect a different party? You, you mentioned that yesterday. Uh, of course, I can't understand why they're not helping. They are the swing. We're not. We should be. Now we're producing a little bit more, but you saw the recount. Our, our companies just have discipline, and they're not going to violate discipline because they want to make a lot of money. Speaking of which, the spread between our Bob and retail gas is, what, buck, uh, buck 30 at this point? Uh, the spread there is amazing. Yeah, Valero. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Yeah. Although, we've got some downgrades in the refiners, but I, I don't trust that. I think the refiners are making a lot of money. Uh, they're buying back stock. They're the most aggressive buybacks. Uh, of the entire market are the refiners. They think that they're much too cheap. Um, I just think that the only thing that has been uh, ebullient or ebullient uh, is the uh, IPO market. And yet when I'm looking at these IPOs, uh, they're not really holding up. Uh, the, no. the first day seems to be good, or the opening. Arm had a very good first and partially second day. Instacart really intraday faded mm, quick. Yeah. And Kaleo assembly did yeah. not perform particularly well. Yeah, even though uh, they after had the initial uh, exuberance. Yeah, the Shopify uh, relationship was was hopeful. David, now, Arm is still above its syndicate fit it, uh, of 51. This anchor tenant. I mean, anchor tenant, what is that? What is, it? What, what, what is that? Federal Realty? Uh, Kimco? You're talking I mean, about come on. these cornerstone investors who yeah. both came in an arm and Instacart. Well, that, all um, that means is companies that don't have to worry about what the multiple they pay, so they take the, take the float down, and that makes you so you get this first day pop. Dave, why are these people, is it market orders that is driving these opening prices? I don't know. I mean, Instacart is now only a buck above where it was offered. Uh, Kaleo also uh, came to market at 30. Right. I mean, Kava's down so much now. But deal price was at 22, first trade 42, now 31. So I guess I can say it's still up. Oh, Clavio, right, Clavio. Yeah. At what point, David, do we call, it's a bit of an oddity, <laughs> but what point do we start calling Instacart Maple Bear? <laughs> I know. Wow. What is that, like a Sesame Street? I, yeah. I, <laughs> Oscar Maple Bear. Do you understand the genesis of that? The genesis? Yes. Not at all. Okay. I just, I, I, I do I and mean, I was, the, the I, was saying, I was saying Kaylee for some Clavio. Clavio. Excuse me. Uh, Clavio. Yeah. You say Clavio, I say no, Clavio. I, I, it's called I the whole thing off. The they I are just, calling I the whole thing off. Have you seen that L. deal? <laughs> but but look, I mean it's still if you're Goldman, Goldman Sachs, which you're not. Remember the other day I said you said I said when you were down at Goldman and you were like saying that I meant that you worked at Goldman, which I wasn't, but Goldman's no. gotta be still happy and the deals are getting done. Got them done. 
got them done. They're all trading. They're still above where they sold right. them. So. And Morgan Stanley got this uh, Splunk Cisco. So there is kind of a Morgan Stanley mojo. did, and a very small uh, right. new investment bank was actually Cisco's lead advisor as well, which was su- somewhat surprising. A, a true is the, boutique. Is the mojo boutique. back? Uh, I think the mojo's starting when it comes to m and I don't think it's back. I think it's er- too early to say it's back. And uh, pipeline but deals? But you see a $28 billion deal like the one that we were just discussing with the two principals behind it, and, and you certainly gets people's attention. Look, look, no I'm, doubt. All cash. Now, by the way, I still don't ex- those explanations from Gary Steele as to why he sold were not sufficient in my mind. Not sufficient? No. Were they to you? I thought that he would have... Uh, if he had stayed there another six months or a year, I think the stock would be higher. I think he's. And I understand that you think that your business is going to be enhanced by Cisco, but again, when it comes to shareholders, you're selling at 157. That's it. It's well, over. Well, then you should be buyer Cisco because it's not. A, it's a cash um, deal. Well, right. Why not buy Cisco right, right. here? Maybe it suddenly should have a higher multiple. It's much more software. Um, and so I, I, I would have liked to have heard a little more in terms of what it was that he saw in the future that he felt like, okay, I'm willing to take a 30% premium now. And by the way, you go back two years, the stock price was higher, right? It was right, right about here. Yeah, well, but I mean, you, you also had this disarray because Doug Merritt left, mm-hmm. and you just left. I mean, that was like one day here, and then yeah. it was like a guy who works, you know, it's like they Photoshopped him out of the picture. There. Photoshop, Adobe, how's that done? We'll find out uh, maybe in a year, rather, who got the better deal. Yeah, but I do like Cisco on this. Yep. Uh, my travel trust sold it incorrectly. I did not think that it could continue to go up uh, because I didn't... Uh, Count on Cisco having such a blowout quarter. And it was a fabulous quarter, and Cisco's doing quite well. And I think that's a terrific opportunity to buy it, despite the fact that David spots that head and shoulders pattern. And I know he has <laughs> stayed away from those. You know I have. Excuse me. You know I have. But I, look I, at the longer chart, David. It loses the head and shoulders. Oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the way, you can go back. Remember when Cisco was one of the, at the turn of the last century. You mean yes. when it was it? Half a, half a trillion, large, half a trillion one of the yeah, largest, or not for a brief period, I think was, the largest market cap company. Either from March 15th. It was GE and Cisco. Yep. And ExxonMobil. When did the other Cisco pass Cisco? There's <laughs> no, no. Jim, you briefly mentioned FedEx. Uh, they beat, uh, they crushed That's by remarkable. about 20%. They raised the low end of the guide. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the split between FedEx and UPS year to date, Jim. By the way, FedEx is going to put in some year-to-date highs here, I think, at this point. Well, FedEx didn't take. FedEx got 400,000 parcels a day from in the UPS deal, uh, and I can tell you that that the, the what they got was sticky. They went for long-term contracts. Uh, Raj Subramanian, I can't say enough about him. He also got uh, contracts from Yellow Freight. That's only about 5,000 a day. But uh, one of the things that's incredible is you got express revenues down 9%, and yet you still had operating income up 18%. That was thought to be impossible. David, you will like the fact that the planes are updated. There's getting rid of the MD. Uh, you remember the 11s that you were worried about that were burning fuel? I was. They're, they're, they're going to be going another couple Remind me years. of things that I don't even recall myself. Well. You're like my backup memory. I am. I'm your, well, see, so you're, you're, you're DRAM, okay, but I'm Western Dig. I actually have a I'm drive, hard drive. Right. Uh, now, one of the things that I think is amazing, Carl, is that this company, in the old days, I happen to think that Fred Smith gave, gave Raj a great hand. But he's going for one FedEx. In the old days when you had the conference call, there were different, you know, there was freight, which was different from ground and uh, different express. And it's going to be one FedEx. They are saving $1.8 billion. The costs continue to come out. This is remarkable. He's doing a fantastic job. And I got to tell you, Carol Tomei, who's at UPS, he's got a tough opponent here. 
and this guy, this the most profitable quarter ever for uh, for ground. I mean, they should be losing a lot of money. Yeah. Well, so anyway, pretty good. Um, last week was the anniversary of him telling you we were going into worldwide recession. Well, he's sticking with that, but I will tell you that if this is what they do in a worldwide recession, who knows what they can perform if things get better. See, but this is, again, the same thing. You know, Gary Steele and uh, Gary Steele's been talking about macro headwinds, uh, Chuck macro headwinds, FedEx macro headwinds. And it is, so people at home must think, well, what is Jay Powell thinking? Well, Jay Powell's thinking about the uh, $6 uh, Annie macaroni and cheese. I mean, he's got a sense, a common man, common person yeah. uh, touch. Um, guys, I want to hit a few things that, that we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, the uh, All the uh, many of the content producer stocks are up. We've had a lot of news uh, this morning. Disney's up, Fox is up, Paramount, Warner Brothers Discovery, Netflix all up. Was this perhaps, what they wanted? Perhaps on my reporting from last night and this morning that, uh, you know, the end to the writer strike may be near. We'll see. 9 a.m. today, Pacific time, is when they meet face-to-face again. My understanding is, based on conversations with people close to the negotiations, is that there were very few remaining points. At least that certainly seemed to be the hope. However, if in fact that should change and the writers show up with more ass than perhaps had been anticipated by the producers, then you might have a different outcome. But there was a good amount of optimism around the, uh, the possibility that they could finalize a deal today, and you can see what's happening there. Separately, we got Rupert Murdoch stepping down, of right. course, as chairman of Fox and News Corp. And then we've also got this other story, guys, that we haven't gotten to, but it's a, a company that I follow somewhat closely. TKO it was only a week ago that I sat down with Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro, of course, the duo who run right. that company. Remember, it includes WWE and, U- WWE and UFC. There's a new deal that involves our parent company as well. They are moving SmackDown when the rights expire on Fox to uh, NBC Universal, to Peacock, to, Peacock, to USA, to all of the various. Um, ways that we have to distribute it. Also, they'll be producing four primetime specials a year that will air on NBC. Um, so SmackDown, I'm told it's for uh, it's similar rates, about a billion and a half. Um, but the market doesn't like this deal at all, uh, you can see. And I want to understand a bit more behind that. You've got Raw, which my understanding is may be paired with UFC in some fashion for a new... TV rights opportunity. But um, Jim, looking at the reaction in the marketplace to this new deal, and again, I'm told a billion and a half, but I want to make sure I understand everything else behind it. Um, They don't seem to like it. Fox had the rights, apparently didn't potentially compete for SmackDown, uh, coming again back to USA. And uh, that's, I think it's going to be a five-year deal. Well, she's just kind of rather remarkable. But again, they're my agent, so I'm reluctant to opine on it. Carl, it's kind of a no-fly zone opining. No, 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 no. I'm the only one who can opine. Right, you can yes. opine. I was going to opine on the last interview, uh, Ari, as well. And as you know what, David? That, so. What a terrific time to talk about the 20 year. <laughs> um, I'm going to, well, I'm going to opine a bit, but I also actually want to do some more reporting and fully understand why, in fact, uh, investors would decide to take the stock down as much as 10 or actually 13% at one point based on at least the in- information we've got at this point. A, a press release is out. There's some reporting on it. Uh, they do not have the economic terms in here. Again, I'm hearing a billion and a half. Uh, and that the pricing went up, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, In the meantime, how about that Rupert Murdoch? Oh, but, but I'm kidding. 
Oh, I see. It's the segue there. Just trying to move no, on. I, mean, I was going to segue. 20 years of 4.7 with the Atlantic story? Which story is that? Never mind. Check it out. I mean, and the U.S. attorney in the Southern District coming after him for his glass house? There's the, the wire piece on there. Neuralink. Yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. everywhere. The Neuralink's very interesting because, you know, if you put a chip in your head, and there's often an antenna coming out of your head, and you have a 5% chance of death, but you have to typically sign statements saying that you were willing to kill yourself, and that's why you'll be able to get it. You have an antenna coming out of your head? Well, they put an that's antenna. Yeah, yeah, right but here. Meanwhile, if you are fully paralyzed and can suddenly no, no, it's a, I'm, move, no, it's fantastic. I'm just saying that the people who want this, you have to understand, there's nothing for them, and so it's a, a hope. It's great of, hope. Uh, yet another Musk-related company, obviously, uh, after Tesla and SpaceX, um, but not unimportant what they're trying to accomplish there. You know, it's hard um, to find anything that, that's up today, but I do. What do you mean? Managed, I just told you everything that's up. Disney's well, up, Fox no, is up, no, managed, up, managed care Comcast is up. Is up. Managed care is up and CrowdStrike's up. FedEx, FedEx is, up. is up. Okay. Bristol we, we Myers did, is up. We didn't, mention, Myers. we didn't mention Darden. Uh, Comp's up five, Olive Garden up six. They are saying, Jim, uh, seeing it much easier to hire labor than right. we have in the last few I'm years. I'm surprised the stock's down 3.5% yield. I actually like the numbers, but there are always people who hate everything. I. Can I just say, having been part of the, uh, when I was in college, when the war was raging between our nation and the great nation of Vietnam, uh, it is incredible to see that star behind me and that we are allies. And President's been, President Obama's been there, and I just want to point it out. I mean, you know, having just read the uh, Battle for the Imperial City of Way by, uh, by Bowden and read, read Bing West's work and understand what Nixon did, what Kissinger did. And it's behind me, and I just—I think you have to point it out. That's just not a usual flag to see, and that our country's reconciled is really extraordinary. It's extraordinary. They—they they do love Americans. It's just amazing. Have you been able to go? We're getting spent supply spent chain in there. They, they love America. Well, I can't believe it. Look, anything can happen if, if our countries love love each other. I'm just pointing out. I don't know. I mean, you—you you hey, SmackDown. Okay, how about SmackDown? How about SmackDown? John Cena. <laughs> Love John Cena. John Cena's stubborn. I love John Cena. John Cena. Come on. Brilliant, I think he's a brilliant actor. My wife thinks he's a brilliant actor. He's great. Yeah. Is he in the morning show yet? <laughs> you, I'm surprised there's no football reference. Well, no, 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 that is a reminder. And by the way, this, this thing, the 14 Pro, antique. <laughs> You're going to see me 15 Pro, partner. You got a star coming out of your head. That's well, all no, I, know. I just Look at that. You can trust. It's more like a crown, star, right? It's a crown. Yeah, it's, a, Look, it's a golden it's perfect. crown. Stay right there. King Kramer. There it's it is. I, King Kramer. Ho Chi Minh City. I mean, if, although my draft number is 364. What can I say? <laughs> uh, quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNB, CNBC Investing Club with King Kramer. Just uh, sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club or use the QR code <laughs> on your screen. And we got our club meeting today at noon. Nice. Very nice. You should take your star with you wherever you go. You can trust this. <laughs> Bond report, um, some relief in yields, but the two years still 515. Dollar index above 105. Uh, We're not done with data, by the way. Existing homes in LEI coming up in about 12 minutes. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. New CEO Luxman Narasimhan over at Starbucks, but continues the policy of raising the dividend uh, four four cents. Look, it doesn't sound big, but I will tell you this. The thing that matters about Starbucks is it's become quite a hated stock. 
and I think that that's a mistake to hate it. It's a giant. There's a new Starbucks every, it was a 7.5% increase in the dividend. Uh, there's a new Starbucks built every nine hours in China. That's not slowed down. China does. They have, for, uh, you buy China for China. China needs people to hire. Starbucks does it. I've not seen anything that indicates that Starbucks is being hurt in China. America, they just done $28 million more. You had a higher comp number. And I'm looking forward to Luxman uh, really being the, the more than just the operator, but the face of Starbucks. And I think he's going to do a very good job. Uh, I wish him well. And I think people should stop giving up on Starbucks in China because it just no, makes no sense. So you're not worried about the threat from Luckin or some of the local riots? No, not, I'm not nearly as much as people say because they have so many more Starbucks that they can put up. And it's not like people aren't going to Starbucks. It's kind of like Apple. Like people are still buying Apple. It's just that the, the perception in our country, which has become so gloomy about anything, is that Starbucks is doing badly in China but without you, any reality. I hear you say it's a hated stock. Starbucks is hated. Yeah. It is. It's hated. What, they changed my flag? I do. Oh, now you've got, actually, yeah, move a little suit. Now what is it? No, other one. There you go. What is that? But anyway, I just, I, I, my chapter is on Starbucks. I'm going to be talking about it at our noon meeting. And uh, there are certain stocks that have become pariahs that I think shouldn't be pariahs just because they frankly have some sort of uh, taint that has to do with the communist Chinese. It's called that. And I think it's probably wrong. So tonight... Okay, so we have one of, one of the most exciting companies out there. I'm very pro-nuclear. Just put my cards on the table. It's Constellation Energy. This is the cleanest energy company in the country. It's meant to be that way. Joe Dominguez is going to put it all in context. And I, I think people better realize that you, you can't do, you got to get rid of coal. Uh, eventually, natural gas, even though natural gas is cleaner, but it does have methane. And nukes has to be on the case. By the way, Southern's nuke, nuke plant's working. The vote. So um, anyway. Constellation is really incredibly interesting. Can we talk about Yeah. Man, the UK and some of their net zero U-turns getting a lot well, of attention in Europe today. Yeah, yeah they cashiered yes. it. Yes. Hey, how's, how's, uh, how's Ford doing with those contact jobs? Jim, Good. we'll see you at 6, uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Absolutely. Eastern time. When we come back, a lot more on Rupert Murdoch stepping down as chair of News Corp. And Fox also palantirs Alex Karp on his company's AI push. Almost every sector is down. He's not very polite. I mean, he's like a, he's a statesman. Energy barely hanging on. We're back in a moment. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.